Hey everyone, Tom here, your online pastor. Hope you've had a great week. So excited to share with you this week's Sunday talk from our vicar, Archie Coates. Very good guy. <laughs> well, welcome. Love to add my welcome to Sam and Catherine. It's wonderful uh, to see each of you here and those watching online. And I want to talk this afternoon under the title, Is My Work a Calling? Is My Work a Calling? I think the thing that I probably love most actually about being at HTB is the people that I meet who come here. Uh, this last week I've had conversations with an artist, a police officer, a soldier who works in the household cavalry up there on High Park Barracks, uh, spoken to a lawyer, a primary school teacher, a full-time mum, uh, which always strikes me as being the hardest job out of everything. And when I'm in conversation with some of you about what you do when you're not here in church, I sometimes ask, you know, what's it like being a Christian where you work? How do you find it? And the answers that I get back broadly fall into one or more than one of these three categories. Either people say, well, yeah, I try and be a good Christian at work. I try and not steal the office stationery and I'm sort of honest. Or they say, I try to let people at work know that I am a Christian and maybe there's an opportunity to talk about my faith. Or they say, well, I earn money in my job that I can then give to the church and the vision of HTB. It strikes me that all those answers are good, but is there more to work than this? I mean, what is it about the actual job that you do that in and of itself is Christian? Doctoring, lawyering, nursing, creative arts, finance. And because not everybody is able to be in a salaried job, we should broaden the description and definition of work to include any purposeful activity. So caring for elderly parents or helping organise a recovery group or volunteering in a food bank. Is your work a calling? This week I want to look at that topic and try and help you make the connection between what you do day to day and the wider purposes of God. And then next week, we're going to have a little panel of people in the congregation who actually do work. And we're going to talk to them about their experiences of work and how they make this connection. Because it strikes me that we have a vision to play our part in the evangelisation of the nations, the revitalisation of the church and the transformation of society. And much more of that is going to happen through what each and every one of us do Monday to Saturday, than it does just when we gather all together here on a Sunday. The very first words of all of Scripture, Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then the first chapter of Genesis talks about this creation of light, of land and water, of animals and plants and human beings. 
until we get to chapter 2, where it says, By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. How interesting that all this beauty, all this fruitfulness, all this creating something out of nothing, God describes it as work. And then in verse 15 of chapter 2, it says that the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and care for it. It seems that God wants us to join him in caring for and cultivating his world. That is our work. To actively partner with him in taking this world somewhere. And there's three things that each of us can do to help make whatever it is that we do our work, our calling. First, make the connection. What part does your job play in making this world a better place, in taking this world somewhere? Because when God creates humanity in Genesis chapter 1, he says, let us make human beings in our likeness, in our image, that they may rule over all the earth. It's a bit of a weird way to describe our work, isn't it? I mean, when was the last time your boss asked you what you were up to? And you said, just ruling over my email. Or when you've got a really tight project deadline, we don't often think of it as, I'm just ruling over all the earth here. But zoom out for a minute. Okay, you work in finance, right? What part of what you do is making this world a better place? You grow pension pots for millions so that when people reach old age, they can face the last years of their life with dignity and security. You work in insurance. You help protect people in times of crisis. Make the connection. You're a teacher or a coach. You take the raw material of precious human being that God has created and you help nurture its God-given potential into something. You work in healthcare. You take what is broken and needs fixing in God's creation and puts it back together again. You save lives. You work in technology or IT or telecoms. You help connect people with their loved ones in all parts of the world at any time of day. You're an artist or a musician you move people to tears through engaging their deepest emotions by connecting them to the infinite beauty of the eternal God through your work. 
You work in the justice and charity sector. You're a co-worker with God, putting right his creation when it gets in a mess. You work in operations or systems. You bring order to chaos through structure and process so that people can beat the anxiety that overwhelms them when their life seems out of control. I haven't got time to go through everybody's job, function or role. But you could do it. Make the connection. Hospitality, entertainment, goods and services, retail. You are never just putting food on the table or paying the bills or saving for your next holiday or even giving money to the church. God is looking for partners by every moment in every way. You are taking the world that he has created somewhere until one day the whole of God's earth will be filled with the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. And so the Apostle Paul says, always give yourselves fully to your work in the Lord. For your labour in the Lord is never in vain. Make the connection. Second thing about making your work your calling is reflect God in everything. Because here God says, let us make human beings in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the earth. It seems to God that the way in which we do our work is just as important as what we do. We are to do our work in his image, in his likeness. So as though God is doing the work himself that we are given to do. So reflect God in everything. God is honest and true. So we should do our work honestly and with integrity. God is kind. So we should always treat people with care. God is joyful and proactive. So we should be cheerful and quick to put our hands up to do whatever needs doing. God is hardworking. So we should work hard. Above all, God is love. Martin Luther said that we are the fingers of God and that God is doing his work of loving the world through the fingers of our hands, through our work. Before Sam and I moved to London, we lived in another city on the south coast, Brighton. And in the church that we were at, there were several people who worked for the largest commercial employer in the city. And I remember talking to one of those one, one occasion and she said by her own admission in this company that employed thousands of people, her position, she said, was very lowly. But she said that she and two other colleagues at work had just started or had been starting a Christian 
union at work. And they met every lunchtime on a Tuesday. And I said to her, that must be really good that you've got two other people that you can pray for each other for your work. And she said, yeah, but actually that's not what we do when we get together. We don't pray so much for each other, but we pray for our company. You see, our company, she said, it doesn't have a chaplaincy. So we've taken it upon ourselves, us three, to be the unofficial chaplaincy of our company. And we regard the people that we work with like our congregation. And we are their pastors. And it's a pretty big church. I said, well, what what does that look like? She said, well, when there's a board meeting coming up, on the Tuesday when we meet before, we pray for the decisions and the people, the directors who are going to be making those decisions. And then once a week, we try and get into our office earlier than most other people. And we walk through amongst the empty desks, praying quietly for everybody who's going to be occupying those desks this week. And then when we walk through the reception, we have this thing that silently we always pray the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come on earth here as it is in heaven. And when we join a Zoom call at work, when everybody's still muted, we pray silently for all the names and all those screens. Yeah, you may feel that your job and the position that you're in is one of very little influence where you work. Maybe you feel that like you're near the bottom of the ladder. But if you will make part of your job description to reflect God in everything, you will actually have more influence than many a CEO. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, Paul says, Do it all for the glory of God. Like uh, Sam and Catherine said, I'm super excited for the leadership conference in three months' time and I would strongly encourage all of you uh, to be there, uh, to either buy a ticket for the Albert Hall or to be part of the hosting team. Because I think that one of the things that's going to happen this year is that the connections are going to be made between what we all do day by day, which sometimes can feel quite mundane, the connections with that to the wider, greater purposes of what God is doing in our city and our nation. One of the contributors that I'm looking forward to hearing is Jenny Allen. She's a podcaster and an author. She's coming to the Leadership Conference. And recently... I was struck by something she said. She said this, wherever God's placed me, I'm going to use my gifts to the fullest. I'm not trying to be a best-selling author. I'm trying to be faithful. And if I lose everything tomorrow, I'm fine because I can still be faithful wherever I am. Thirdly, Work in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus worked a job. 
He was for over half his life a carpenter, ruling over God's creation by taking the raw material of wood and crafting something beautiful and useful out of it. But Jesus' greatest work was not his carpentry. And his greatest work actually was not even his miracles or his teaching. Jesus' greatest work was the cross. And about his work on the cross, he said, it is finished. In London, many, many people, including lots of people in church today watching online, work long, long hours with lots and lots of stress. There always seems to be more, more deadlines, more emails, more meetings, more pressure, more crises. Won't it be wonderful one day when, like Jesus, we can lay it all down and say, it's finished. In a funny kind of way, you already can. You can already say that. Because the greatest work that this world will ever require has already been done, completed. On the cross, Jesus has carried for you all your sins, all your failures, all the times when you come up short, all the things on the to-do list that you never quite seem to get to. No longer does your work have to bear the burden of your identity and self-esteem or your significance and success. No longer do you always have to drive for perfection and increased productivity to be noticed and applauded. Which leads many people into exhaustion and burnout. For you already have affirmation and validation and you are already declared perfect in Christ. You are already valued and celebrated and noticed and applauded by the only boss who truly matters. The ruler of rulers, the Lord of lords and the King of kings. You are loved ceaselessly so that you can work tirelessly. For in the boardroom of heaven, the shareholders of Father, Son and Holy Spirit, day and night, are saying over you, it is finished. So now you can pray, but not panic about all the difficult work that's ahead of you. And now you can expect God to give you creative, prophetic solutions in those difficult moments. I had an email earlier this week 
which received I received on Tuesday uh, by, from someone in our church, and she's given me permission to read it to you. And she said this, Monday, so that's just this last Monday, Monday was a super difficult work day. I started at 7am and it looked very bleak, but I just kept saying all day, God's name is above it all. By 6pm, there was a total turnaround, literally unbelievable. My job isn't just my job, it's my ministry. Because of what I do, she has a global role in a huge company that you will have heard of. The breakthrough on Monday has a direct impact on 220,000 people. God is great. I never quite know on these occasions how much to share of myself. But for many, many years now, every morning, I have done this personal exercise that I call daily declarations. And every morning before I work, I say these same four things. They're a bit like, cheesy, but I'll share them with you. The first thing I say is, God is my Father and I am loved. Then I say, Jesus died and rose again and everything ultimately is going to be okay. Third, I say, I am filled with the Holy Spirit and I am able to do in God's strength everything that he requires of me today. And then I say Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. For I am God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do such good works that he has prepared in advance for me to do today. Then I go about my day. Is your work a calling? Absolutely it is. The wise, kind, creative, always keeping going, ruler of heaven and earth, lives inside of you and me by his Holy Spirit. We are worker bees sent all across London in the power of his Holy Spirit to transform our city. Amen. Amen. Should we stand together and let's pray. Hey, we'd love to invite you to our leadership conference. It's at the Royal Albert Hall from the 6th to the 7th of May. And here's Archie uh, saying a little bit more about all that's going on this year at Leadership Conference. Here at HCB, we believe that Christ-centered leadership has the power to change lives and transform the world. The Leadership Conference is a unique opportunity for us to come together to be upskilled in our leadership through world-class content, conversations, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Leaders will gather from every tradition and generation across different cultures and contexts, 
seasoned leaders, up and coming leaders, the leaders of the next generation. Leaders in the arts, in business, in church, the charity sector, healthcare, education, politics. What does healthy Christian leadership look like in this next season? and how can we do it well? We'll be gathering together in one of London's most iconic venues, just a stone's throw from HTB, the Royal Albert Hall. We'll hear contributions from Tom Holland, Kate Bowler, Danielle Strickland, Kerry Newhoff, Lecrae, and Mark Varughese. And there'll be breakout spaces and seminars and labs and opportunities to connect with leaders from all across the world. The Leadership Conference, whatever stage of leadership of life that you're at, is for you. So come join us the 6th and the 7th of May at the Royal Albert Hall. Tickets are available online and you can find out more information on our website. So why don't you join us at Leadership Conference? I'd love to meet you there, get in touch if you're coming along. The website is HTB. Dot org, or you can head to the Leadership Conference website, leadershipconference.org.uk for more information and tickets. Book your place and we'll see you there.